welcome to the Love Positivism podcast. I'm your host, Shireen, and I'm the creator of Love Positivism. I'm here to help you on your spiritual and healing journey. I am a certified yoga and meditation teacher, a student of Chinese medicine, a doula, a Reiki practitioner, and a passionate, highly sensitive person. I want to use my knowledge to channel information and messages for you to grow on all levels. Hi, and welcome to this week's episode. I'm so grateful that you're here, and we're in the midst of a winter solstice, which is the a beautiful time of the year in the winter now in the northern hemisphere and we've been going through a darker period which has allowed us to go inwards to be more reflective introvert and now the sun is getting born again so that means that slowly nature starts its rebirth as well, even if we're in the middle of winter time here in the Northern Hemisphere. And I think this is a beautiful time to just slow down, contemplate, see what you want to create with this new energy, start to have the practices that you want to create new thought patterns, new things in your life, new relationships, and more self-love. I think this is a beautiful time. I'm really looking forward to this new and fresh energy. And today I have a beautiful guest, Jessie Golden. She's a devoted mother, model, hatha yoga teacher, holistic health practitioner, author, and the creator of The Golden Secrets. And she has such an inspirational and empowering story to share of her healing journey with an autoimmune condition called RA. And she shares her story and how she has went through this deep healing journey. And she has been yeah, trying different modalities, connecting back to her body, creating more love and self-nurturing through this journey. I think it's so inspiring what she's done and what she's sharing. Um, She shares her journey in her book as well. And I hope that this uh, episode helps you if you're on a healing path to see how you can heal on all levels of your body through different lifestyle changes, but also through energetic healing um, and healing emotional wounds that also can create dis-ease in the body. So I hope you enjoyed this episode. I really appreciate it when you're sharing the podcast because it helps others to find a podcast that maybe need it on their journey. And I'm really grateful for all of you who leave reviews and ratings on iTunes. You can also find a podcast on YouTube where I share sometimes videos as well and meditations. So you can check it out on Love Positivism. And if you want to connect with me, you can just uh, connect with me on Instagram at Law of Positivism. Enjoy today's episode. Hi and welcome to the podcast, Jessie. Thank you so much. I'm so happy we got to connect. 
I'm so grateful that you're here. And I always start by asking, how do you stay mindful and present? <laughs> I actually did a little bit of, of that right before I got on because my family's home and <laughs> I was trying to find some quiet space so I could chat with you. Um, I do a couple things. Usually I, <laughs> it sounds silly, but I look down so I could be where my feet are. And I close my eyes for a second, check my breath and just kind of scan my body and like see where everything's at so that I can respond from a from a good place and, and just kind of slow down. That's beautiful. <laughs> I love that. What a great idea to look down and see how how you're grounding down through your feet or if you're sitting down like through your hips and legs exactly yeah i love that <laughs> and i'm so excited to talk to you i mean we have been uh, connecting on instagram for years now but we have never talked and i think your story is so so inspiring um i would love for you to maybe give some background who you are for the listeners who haven't seen or followed you or know who you are if you want to give a short introduction. Yeah. Well, my name is Jessie Golden and I am a mother. I'm 42. I just turned 42 in mm. December. And um, I grew up as a dancer. My mom had a dance studio for years. So I grew up as a ballerina. And then I transitioned into yoga, became a yoga teacher. And I actually made a living modeling my entire life. Um, but it wasn't a passion of mine or anything. It just kind of allowed me freedom. And then, um, I had my son when I was 29 and about four years after I had him, I was diagnosed with rheumatoid arthritis, which was a complete shock. I didn't even know what that was or what that diagnosis meant. And, um, I was the I was what I thought was the epitome of health before I got diagnosed. So it was just mm -hmm. so shocking. Um, but then through my journey of trying to heal myself with rheumatoid arthritis, I became a holistic health practitioner. And now I like to say that I'm thriving with RA. I choose to thrive with it. I've had it 12 years, but uh, about halfway through, I wrote a book. Uh, so much of my life has been inspired through living with this disease. Um, so I've just kind of chosen to look at it as my teacher and a blessing and kind of take, take what I can from it. Although my work for the last like year has been to detaching, detach from it. Like, okay, I've learned all my lessons. I don't need to have you anymore. <laughs> um, but currently, I actually have a, a skincare line that I handcraft. Everything's organic and plant-based, and um, that's that's what I do full-time now. That's so beautiful. Thank you for sharing that. And I think it's it's so interesting when I hear, like many of us have some type of health issue or something that um, actually uh, just triggers us to go into 
that which we are supposed to do because maybe we wouldn't have the interests that we have in yoga, healing, all of this if we wouldn't have uh, had the challenges ourselves. So I think it's, I hear it from so many guests that have mm -hmm. been on the podcast and it it feels like it's, yeah, like you said, it's it's also about taking the good from it and not stay just staying in it either it's like how do I move on <laughs> yeah. and I I remember that that I read your story a couple of years ago when you shared it and I didn't have a uh, I did I didn't know what uh, uh, RA is until now that I'm uh, studying um, nursing that we studied these different types of um, this is an auto autoimmune mm -hmm. condition, right? And I yep. think it's so growing in society and especially in women, different types of autoimmune conditions that yeah. it can have to do with the thyroid or, uh, or yeah, like in your case, RA, it, it, there's so many endometriosis, like there's so much. And I'm just like wondering why this has become so widespread in, in and when you started studying this holistically how what what findings did you come to yeah i mean that's a big question obviously i think the first place that everybody goes is diet you know that's mm. the first way to empower yourself when you're going through health issues and i always say the sicker you are, the cleaner you need to be. It's not forever because I think it could be really overwhelming. But mm. through my journey, so much, kind of like what you were saying just a minute ago, like so much of my journey has been an internal practice and a teacher. There's been times where I've been in complete remission and it didn't matter what I was eating or what I was doing or, you know, not doing. But if I was in a happy place spiritually and I wasn't overworking myself and I was practicing self-love, then I was fine. Mm -hmm. So it's interesting that you're exactly right. I think, I think even more women than men, especially with RA, get it. Mm -hmm. And it's more common for women after they have their first children, uh, first child. So I think there's um, a hormonal shift that can also trigger it. Um, mm. But I think, I think we're just doing so much. There's, it's so interesting. I've talked to so many women and people that have RA, and I've noticed a lot of similar character traits mm. as well. But I think just women in general, I think we're just we're doing too much, and it's driving our immune systems to just go, 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 go. And that's exactly what RA is, like your immune system is attacking itself. Mm -hmm. So exactly. um, it's, it's really interesting. You know, I just, I'm always trying to figure it out. And, um, you know, scientifically, I think maybe vaccines could have had something to do with it. But mm -hmm. I always try and look more at like the spiritual side of things and like, mm -hmm. okay, what, what can I learn here? And it's taught me so much, um, humility and um, patience and far more than anything I could have learned in a book or school, you know, having actually um, dealt with this for so long. 
Um, it's given me a lot of um, compassion for people. And yeah. Mm. Yeah. I think it's, um, it's uh, always tough to, because in Western medicine, I also study Chinese medicine and acupuncture. And, and in, uh, there's so much, I'm studying both actually Western and, and Eastern. Um, and um, th- there's so much uh, that could be co- uh, complementary, or how do you say it? It's like you can you can if one piece is is not in one of the practices, you can find it in the other. Because in yes. in Chinese medicine, there's always um, we go to not just the physical what's happening physically. It's also like emotionally, how is or is your energy system balanced how there's so so many more components that can be balanced and they don't really see anything as really um i i don't want to use the word chronic but it's um yeah there's always a balance that can be made and of course i think it's it's so empowering to find other tools because I think if you don't look at this holistically, you kind of get stuck and then you have maybe some medications to, to, I'm I'm not really sure, but I think it's like anti-inflammatory, things like that, um, while you can do so much more with what you said, with diet and, and these other aspects as well. Um, yeah, I mean, I think with chronic disease, like that's where holistic medicine really prevails. I think if like you get into a car accident or you have a heart attack, like I don't want someone giving me cayenne pepper or like no. <laughs> looking at my tongue, you know, I want exactly. to, I want to go to the hospital and be taken care of. But with chronic disease, it's really tricky because the way that Western medicine deals with it is you're exactly right. They just put you on medication. They don't look at anything else. And then, of course, that medication creates a vicious cycle of other imbalances in your system, your microbiome, and and just destroys your health in other ways. So you're kind of forced to go down. I've pretty much gone down every road (laughs) there at one point or another. And just kind of created my own little toolbox and I'm still open to, you know, there's new things every other day. There's like new mm-hmm. diets and, you know, new machine that I have to get or a sauna or <laughs> it's mm. like, what can I, what trick can I try? <laughs> yeah, I think, but that's really great to have those tools. I think a lot of people are not even aware or conscious that there are other ways um i think it differs from country to country but uh, many people get a type of diagnosis and then don't know that there are so many paths to recovery or to uh, improve the symptoms and um yeah i I've, I've heard some some interesting thoughts around autoimmune and the first thing is is not to think that the body is if even if the cells are 
doing something similar to attacking itself, like not thinking that the body is mm, destroying yes. itself, right? Because yeah, the medical just... medium says that. He says that mm. a lot. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. So it's interesting, and what you said also with <clears throat> there's always new findings and diets that are coming out, and um, what I've seen uh, on my path is that it's so individual what works because even our like our dna and our ancestry needs different things and how how we eat and uh, how we sleep and the environment that we are in like now that i'm studying i also see that certain environments like they can see in the north like where i'm from in the colder regions like s- certain type of autoimmune uh, diseases are more uh, common and and yeah like so the weather is is another and that's what when chinese medicine really uh, steps in and and like the weather does affect us it, it's like an external factor that does affect our body uh, so we're always living with nature and uh, the seasons as well and we have to adapt to the cold or the heat in how we eat as well. Absolutely. I talk about a lot of that in my book, actually, because mm-hmm. I remember when I was writing my book, I was like, you know, who am I to write a book? Like, <laughs> you know, I don't know everything, but um, I felt like what I did learn, I wanted to share. And I had that epiphany, exactly what you're saying. You know, I was vegetarian most of my life. So I really stood on a pedestal uh, since like 11 years old, judging people and trying to turn everybody vegetarian. Mm -hmm. And um, when I wrote my book, I had come to the epiphany that exactly what you said, everybody's different. So I kind of guide you through what's your ancestry, where do you live, what grows where you're currently living, um, Mm -hmm. even to the point of like, um, if you do travel, for example, like pineapple is too expansive for my body. It's too sugary because I'm Eastern mm-hmm. European. So like berries and apples are better for me. But if I mm-hmm. go to Hawaii, your body adapts and you you bet you better assimilate the nutrients from the pineapple when you're in that tropical environment. And it's just so fascinating. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah. something else I learned when I did, uh, I did macrobiotics. That was like the one thing that really helped me. I had a macrobiotic Mm. uh, counselor by the name of Mina Dobik. And um, a lot of it's based on Chinese uh, medicine as well. And they even talked about like soft, like I was eating a lot of soft food because crunchy Mm. food would make my body tighter and more rigid. Mm So I was doing a lot of porridge, a lot of soup, a lot of root vegetables and soft. Everything was soft. So my body didn't have to work really hard to digest it. Um, I didn't have to chew as much. And it was supposed to just kind of, I just love that concept. Like, it's so interesting to me. Like, yeah, that makes so much sense if you're eating like crunchy and food that's difficult to chew and it's going to show up in your body like that find it fascinating it and it makes sense actually when when we think like that like when you have 
so in Chinese medicine, it's like you can have heat, you can have cold, wind, it's all, all, all of the natural things that are occurring around us can attack the body as well. And, um, or it can be something that's been going on, like how we've been eating. So it makes sense if someone is, <clears throat> yeah, ha has like uh, a more... Uh, cold windy <laughs> or exactly exactly yeah. then you need like the heat and it, it really makes sense from from any perspective like when you have a cold <laughs> like you have exactly. a cold right it it's already in the language then you need something warm to get out the cold and in the same when you have cramps like what 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 causes cramps it's stagnation something is stuck yes. something is not so it, these these concepts, when we think about it, it, it makes more sense. We understand our body a little bit better. And when you can see it like that, you can also um, just awareness creates healing, but also you can know how to, what type of weather is good for you or just uh, should you stay warm? Should you have more warm, warm foods? Because I think that it's... It, one thing that has been maybe and is still is like eating like cold salads. That's mm. when we see something that is healthy, it's like a picture of that. But it's actually very hard for the body to to take up this, like we have this fire in our, our agni, in our belly. And when we put so much cold and cold drinks and it's not good for the mm. body. It has to work hard to stay warm. Yes. So, yeah, I, I love those concepts. Um, and I'm curious also because one of the things we connected on was yoga. We both practice uh, yoga. When, when did you start with with yoga? And, and was that before you you had your diagnosis or after? Yeah, way before. So I was a ballerina and then I started yoga at 18 um, my cousin who was a yoga teacher had given me a yoga book and I just fell in love um, and then I started practicing religiously probably when I was 20 like going to class every day and for me it was just such a shift from growing up in a ballet studio where you're taught to just ignore your body and push through all the pain and be perfect and be robotic. And you know, it, was, it was a very mm -hmm. tough environment to grow up in. And then walk into a yoga class and for the first time, somebody taught me how to breathe. Like you're never taught how to breathe in ballet, which is insane. And, mm -hmm. and there was no mirrors, so I couldn't judge myself. So, um, they told you to listen to your body, to come to child's pose if you were tired. I was like, what mm -hmm. is this? <laughs> this is crazy. <laughs> and, you know, mm -hmm. it was the first time that I made that, like, connection. Like, physically, I could already do all that crazy stuff because I was a, ball I tra a trained ballerina my whole life. But the, mm -hmm. all the other stuff, the mind, the body, it felt like, I had come home, like it was just a remembrance, you know, like, oh, thank God, you know, here you are. And, you know, yoga saved my life more times than I can count. It's, 
it's um as you know because you're a yogi it's just like if you spend enough time on the mat everything that you learn on the mat translates into your life and it's just Mm -hmm. it just becomes an endless practice like I'm constantly practicing yoga it's not just when I'm on the mat it's just a part of me it's completely changed my life (laughs) yeah and and did you feel that that was also um how 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 was that when you started having these um physical issues and practicing yoga was it still possible like before you started healing and and how how did it affect you? Yeah, actually, I went, I started my yoga certification the same week I got diagnosed. Um, mm-hmm. And then my my RA came on so quick. So mm-hmm. to the point where I couldn't practice the asana practice anymore. And I, you know, I talked to my teachers and I told them, like, this is what's going on with me. And of course, they said, as long as you're here you'll get credit for it. So the crazy Mm -hmm. thing is, is that was such a humbling experience for me because looking back on it now, I actually went to my yoga teacher training with my ego. I went Mm -hmm. there thinking like, I'm a ballerina. I've been studying yoga. I I just want to get my stamp of approval because I was still modeling at the time and all the yoga companies were just starting to come about and I wanted to separate myself from the models. I want, you know, I wanted to be able to say, look, I'm a yoga teacher as well. And, Mm -hmm. um, and the RA came on. So I never got to actually do any of the asana practice, but it was the blessing in disguise was I had to sit on the sidelines watching all my peers practice, which was the most uncomfortable asana for me to be in Mm. because I had always relied on my body I had always relied on communicating through my body I was a dancer that's like how I survived my entire life and then I was forced to sit on the sidelines and watch but that's when I really learned yoga that's when all the other limbs of yoga came into my life that's when I really focused on the internal practice and started noticing my thought patterns and dissecting my entire life because I couldn't rely on my body like I always had. And um, Mm. eventually, I mean, for like a year, I didn't walk, basically. I mean, I could shuffle like uh, around four o'clock. I could do like little walks Mm. like like I was um, 100 years old. But then eventually... Mm. um, when I, when I got better the first time, when I put myself into remission, uh, I, I started training like, like I was like going to do Ironman. I started running. I had Mm -hmm. never ran before and I started practicing and I was hiking and I got into the best shape of my life, uh, to, to prove, to prove to myself. But I also felt like back then, this was 12 years ago, there was no face there was no face of RA. There was, RA was associated with an old person's disease. There was nobody Mm -hmm. like me uh, that could do all this crazy yoga stuff and have RA. Like it was 
it was impossible. Like nobody thought that that could be. So I was really motivated to kind of prove to myself and prove to everybody else that um, I wasn't my diagnosis. Mm. Wow. <laughs> that is so beautiful. I think it sounds, I mean, you have to be very strong to get the diagnosis and then like kind of you know the feeling when you lose control you can't control your body in the same way uh, that you have before but then also uh, it must be so empowering to go from that to where you went and and you like really I, I'm really curious like how how long did it take for you from like let's say those times when you barely could walk to started running like how long was that time period so i did this macrobiotic diet for six months and it was a really really strict um lifestyle diet and mm. and all kinds of different body compresses and ginger scrubs and i had to drink certain things at certain times that that's the certain time of the day associated with this organ and i mean it was just like my whole mm. life was regimented um but I was getting worse and, and my, my counselor said, you, you might get worse before you get better. But it got to the point where my family intervened because mm -hmm. I was raising my son. Um, I had to hire help obviously because I was, I could barely take care of myself. And I finally, and how old, how old was your son back then? He was four. Oh, yeah, and he doesn't remember any of it. It's funny because he's 16 mm -hmm. now. And yeah, <laughs> yeah, and I'm like, do you remember? Mm -hmm. Like, he doesn't remember any of it. So I tried to always keep things very positive, And I actually mm -hmm. didn't even tell him that I had RA till he was like 11 or something. Um, mm -hmm. So I always kind of kept it, kept it quiet. But um, there was a combination between western and eastern medicine so i had spent six months cleaning detoxing through this macrobiotic way and then my family intervened and they said you need to go back to the doctor and by the time i had gone back to the doctor i had inflammation of my heart and my eyes and my lungs and that's the thing with mm -hmm. ra is it doesn't just affect your joints so they actually hooked me up to an IV of steroids for an hour, which was the first time that I had ever done anything like that. And then they put me on, um, it's called a TNF blocker. It's like one of the most common um, drugs for rheumatoid arthritis. It's like one of the ones that is supposed to stop the progression of damage, but it's, it's really horrible on the body. Like one of the side effects is leukemia. So I did that for a couple months and that's when my, my body responded really well. And I think it was because I was so clean and I was doing everything and I was so positive mm -hmm. and clear and, and it worked. And I was like, I'm not going to be on this stuff forever. So I weaned myself off of it, which you're not really supposed to do. Mm -hmm. But I slowly weaned myself off of it and I was fine. And 
Um, I was in remission for a couple of years and in the last 12 years, it's come and gone where it's gone in remission and then it's come back. And, but that, that particular time, um, I think it was like the next day I started running after I had gotten that, that shot of <laughs> that hour long in steroid. I lit, I just was so excited that my body was able to move again. And I was so grateful and I had done the work and I was like, and I felt, I remember that moment. I was like, if I stay on top of this, it cannot get a hold of me. And that's part of the reason why I started running. It's almost like I was running to get ahead of it. Like if I keep running and keep my body moving, then it can't stop me. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Psychological. So yeah. Mm. Yeah. Wow. So yeah, that shows that really there a combination is important. So you can't just rely on one thing. And I mean, many many conditions there are no Western solutions either. Um, like basically, you have to get some some other. Um, healings as well but did you do any like how was the work on them um, because we talked about this also like what where does this come from from maybe a spiritual emotional level like have you seen that pattern have you done work on that level as well I, I assume you <laughs> yeah. have <laughs> yeah it's, so Louise Hay says that um, RA is self-criticism and it's so right on the dot and it it's kind of created my life full circle so like I said I grew up in the dance studio literally because my mom owned the dance studio so I grew up in mm. front of the mirror so I had a ballet teacher and my mom critiquing me 24 7 to, mm. to be this epitome you know the uh, uh, ballerina perfection that doesn't exist and then if they weren't critiquing me I was critiquing myself so my inner dialogue was horrible like just poison constant just eating myself up and um, coming to where I am now is um I still, I still practice daily. It's just positive affirmation is noticing when I'm having these negative thoughts and then trying to switch them. And that's the whole reason with my skincare line, I actually have a positive, like a positive affirmation card that comes with each product. So mm -hmm. that way, when you're doing your daily self-care rituals, um, the product can be a tool to remind you to say some positive affirmations to retrain your brain because I, I just read this quote it was like 80% of our thoughts are negative and subconscious on a daily basis mm. and we have to retrain ourselves um, to think positive because we're wired for the negative as like a survival mechanism mm -hmm. and it's still my daily practice you know sometimes I'll catch myself but that was a huge epiphany for me when I was bedridden 
and I was sitting there with my thoughts and I was noticing that just about every thought I was having was picking myself apart, mm-hmm. you know. Mm. Yes, <laughs> that's how love positivism was born. Oh, I love <laughs> exactly that. my journey into that. that oh, that's beautiful. Can, yeah, retraining my mind and yeah, all the and and when you start realizing certain things, how how it has shaped us, it's really it unfolds like, and it's not as a, just a one one time thing. It's constantly unfolding a layer that we have to break through and and heal and. I'm thinking how how common it is with this mother wound, which is, um, was that something that you worked on together also with your mother to to heal that, like how how it was when you grew grew, grew up in the studio? <laughs> yeah, mm. I've done a lot of work um, accepting my mom, and she was so loving. She was so loving. Mm. But she just had such high expectations for herself that were mm-hmm. unfulfilled. And she put them on me. But I say that, and then at the same time, it's like, I loved being a ballerina. I loved growing up in the studio and, it, you know, dance before I found yoga. Dance saved my life. Like, I think back and I'm like, mm-hmm. oh, my gosh, if I didn't have dance, I don't know how I would have made it through anything um so yeah I mean I think that's exactly it it's like I'll have these moments where everything in my life feels pretty good and then my body will shut down in some way and I'm like oh what's the lesson today (laughs) what do I have to work on Mm. today is it do I need to call my mom? Is it, is it spiritual? Am I eating something bad? Am I, you know, I'm constantly like looking, but, um, but what I've realized for sure is that the healing never ends. Like whether you have a diagnosis Mm -hmm. like me or, you know, you're completely healthy. I feel like we're all on this continuous healing journey. Like we're either in a moment of blessing or, or a moment of despair. And we're just kind of like going between. <laughs> it's like a never ending. Mm, yeah. And we just have to become better students so that we can navigate with grace through both of mm. them. Yeah, definitely. And how has this also affected, because you're a mother too, so you're nurturing yourself and you have uh, your son. How... Ha- has this uh, shaped you as a mother? You know, my son actually taught me self-love, like through being a mother Mm. was the biggest, like women in general, like I feel like some women, not until they get pregnant, do they actually care what they put in their body and listen to their body when their body is tired and and protect themselves and put boundaries up. It's like motherhood does some, did something to me. I mean, I love being a mother. I I fully came into my own when I became a mom and I'm so grateful because he's such a good kid and we've had such a, we haven't had the easiest road because I was a single mom for so long, but 
we're really close because of that. So that's the blessing. And Mm -hmm. um, through loving him, like I've learned to love myself because I'm all he has. And if I'm not good, (laughs) you know, so uh, it's kind of interesting, but um, he's, he's incredible. He's, he's such an old wise soul. Mm. yeah he looks so much like you Mm. you both are beautiful and uh, i i also want to congratulate you you got married i mean i i can see that having um your partner can also be a healing not that we only depend on that but it can also help us to face ourselves and to get even more healing i remember when i met my husband that a lot of healing occurred a lot like even physically yeah oh yeah i mean yeah yeah and i mean just having the support he is Mm. i'm so grateful that i i feel like because i did the work with the self-love and stuff i was able to bring someone in like him uh, a couple mm. years ago, I don't, I wasn't capable of, of bringing in. He's divine masculine. He's so mm. kind and makes me feel safe. And he's always there because, you know, it's not easy dealing with somebody that, um, you know, has a chronic disease. Because some days I don't, I still have days where I'm not doing that great. And he's just so understanding and so positive and and he believes in me so much. And um, mm. yeah, I mean, we're constantly growing and healing together for sure. <laughs> That's very beautiful. It's amazing to have that support. And uh, what was the name of your book? Maybe you didn't said it in the beginning. Oh, it's The Golden Secrets to Optimal Health. Beautiful. And then you have your this um skincare line did you do gua sha as well i saw something yes. the other day yes yeah. yes yes <laughs> i have two stones i have mm-hmm. one for the face and one for the body um mm. i was actually introduced to it years ago when i had a chinese doctor and mm. um she would practice um on my hands to like break up all the mm. where i had all the stuff break up all the stagnant mm, blood flow and but that yeah. was not uh I always tell people I'm like traditional gua sha is not um as kind as we practice it here like I remember basically mm. crying <laughs> you know exactly. it was like it's torture really... yeah and you're all red yes after yes like, <laughs> see, like see 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 I'm like yeah I see the blood flow great yeah but I still practice, oh. you know, on myself. I do a little bit gent- mm-hmm. gentler practice now. But um, I think mm-hmm. that that's such a huge aspect. You know, when I decided to carry those in my line, I obviously did like tons of research because I wanted to make sure we had the best ones. And it just makes so much sense. Like everything, um, like we were talking about, like I've tried so many different modalities in healing myself, but the energy flow of the body and the chi and keeping things moving and not mm. stagnant is, I think, something that 
at least over here, we're missing. <laughs> like, we're, you know, so many people are just stagnant and sitting there and, you know, they're just, everything's blocked in their bodies and mm. want to get things moving. Yeah. Exactly. That's why gua sha is great. And for the face as well to uh, just get blood flow and stimulate the skin and everything. It's it's so so easy instead of doing other things that are more invasive it's so such a good way and also to connect with the body when you're doing that you're connecting to different parts of your body which you might not otherwise exactly it's such a beautiful ritual like that's that's what I love about sharing my skincare products is like I really want to encourage people to have these acts of Mm self-love because Mm. you know like I get it like I'm a mom and I'm busy working and Sometimes my five-minute gua sha at night is the only time I have to myself. And it's where I can, like, mm-hmm. check in with myself and see where I'm at and check my body out, see what's going on. <laughs> mm, exactly. Yeah. I love that. And is there anything else you're uh, you're doing or uh, any? Uh, thing you're sharing now that you want to share with the listeners anything that's coming up no I mean just the golden secrets um, is constantly we're constantly expanding and fine tuning and that keeps me so busy (laughs) Mm, I can imagine (laughs) yeah so I'm gonna definitely put the links in the show notes so uh, the listeners can check that out. And do you have any last thing you want to share? No, it was so nice connecting with you. And I'm, and I'm, I hope, I hope the listeners got something out of there <laughs> that mm. that resonates with them. Definitely, I love loved your perspective. I'm very grateful that you're here, and I think there's so much hope and wisdom uh, in what you're sharing from your path and I think a lot of people can benefit from that and and, uh, empower themselves with new tools and new ways of healing so I'm really grateful that you uh, took your time to share so thank you so much thank you so much for having me thank you so much for listening I hope that this was as inspiring for you as it was for me I'm so grateful that Jessie came on and shared her story, which is a really inspiring and empowering story. Uh, I know many of you are going through similar things in your body, and it's all about becoming aware and also starting to love your body and healing from within. So if you want to check out any work that Jessie is doing you can find all of her links in the show notes and I really appreciate you I'm wishing you a beautiful winter solstice Christmas and take this time for yourself to just connect back and rest so let's take a deep breath in together in through the nose and exhale out through the mouth and namaste